Welcome to another episode of the Cork Motorist Movement Weekly Podcast. This is Mark McDonald here, your host. So we'll get cracking in a minute um, just to go through the agenda. So there's a couple of things that I want to talk about today. Uh, there's been a few topical issues that have come up with regards to transporting Cork over the last week. So I think it's actually a very interesting time to talk about a number of issues. So it's some, this, the first one is something I've actually kind of wanted to discuss for the last couple of weeks and I just didn't get around to it. Um, is the Green Party's call for a 110km speed limit on our motorways as opposed to the current 120 kilometers? When I first saw this as a motorist, to be honest, I was kind of like, oh, there they are, they're at it again. Um, and being honest, I don't think my attitude to that has changed a whole lot in the week since that um, proposal was put out there. Um, I've, looked, I've looked it up and for... For to the best of my knowledge, this wasn't floated in advance of the general election, and that makes me kind of wonder what mandate do the Green Party have to push this through? Because the the people who voted for the Green Party voted for them based on a number of issues um, to do with the environment, and they wanted them to combat the climate change in a serious and meaningful way, and I don't think they wanted them to come up with gimmicks. And to be honest, I think that this call is nothing more than a gimmick. If they want people to reduce their emissions on the roads, they need to get people leaving the cars at home more often, not driving slower when they do get into their cars. Because if the because 120 kilometers an hour on a, on a great many of our roads, like even the portion of the road between, for example, Little Island and Carrick Tool in Cork, between Watergrass Hill, or not Watergrass Hill, we'll say even we go outside of Cork, the portion of the motorway of the M7 between Port Leash and the junction for Nace, the Nace Ball, really, in Dublin, like 120 kilometers an hour for those roads is a bit slow in my opinion um and i don't think reducing it will have the effect that they think it will because what's going to happen is that a lot of motorists won't reduce their their speed they won't reduce it because like i think it's well known that if if you're driving on a motorway you're given a 10 percent leeway a lot of people set their um um cruise control speeds to higher than 120 kilometers an hour knowing that if the guard sees them going 125 or 126 kilometers an hour that they won't actually be pulled over for speeding because it's within the the 10 percent um now i'm not saying i agree or disagree with that one way or the other i don't drive mine at 130 kilometers an hour because to be honest it, it is inefficient when it comes to your miles per gallon but also i I just think at 125 kilometers an hour even or the 120 kilometers an hour is a safe enough speed now i could justifiably and rightly get criticism for for saying that going 125 kilometers an hour is safe when the speed limit is lower but look i'm just being honest i'm not going to present myself here as being holier than thou and pretending i'm doing something i'm not so i'm not suggesting people drive 125 kilometers an hour i'm just saying that the call for 110 kilometers an hour it's a gimmick it it won't achieve what they think it will achieve and i think it's designed to i think it's another revenue raising ploy to be honest because like you look at life as a motorist like 
I've gone through before the amount of charges that you pay. You pay your road tax, you pay your insurance, you pay um you pay vehicle registration tax when you're purchasing the car and all those costs are are passed on even when you're buying a second hand car. But when you when it comes to everyday running of a car, like the carbon tax is going to increase, it's an additional cost. Like we have tolls and some of the motorways like my brother lives in in Northern Ireland and if I want to drive up to him from my house in North Cork, luckily I'm north of the the Watergrass Hill toll, but I still have to go through tolls in in Port Leash. I go through the M fifty toll, the barrier free toll at the M fifty, and I go through another toll near Trim in County Mead. Like there's significant additional costs to driving. And reducing the speed limit on motorways will only just mean that the guards will catch more people speeding. That's all that's going to happen. And it'll turn into a revenue raising ploy. Because like for for so long now, motorists have been bled and seen as a cash cow um, when it comes to um, these various schemes. Like long ago when you would pay your and it wasn't actually that long ago that it was the case, when you pay your motor tax, and I use the word motor tax because I don't want to be pulled up on it by saying the wrong word, um, when you paid your motor tax, that money went to the county council, and the county council would use that money for the upkeep of roads in the county. That doesn't happen anymore. The money goes into a central pot now, and the the, the money is not passed on at the same rate as they've collected it to the county councils for upkeep of the roads. So we're paying a motor tax that we basically see no benefit from. It might as well be called the jelly bean tax because it's just another tax with a name on it, but the name doesn't actually reflect where the tax money is going. So like we've, we've had money, like like motoring is not expensive and I'm not saying that, oh, we want to make it cheaper or although I would love if the VRT was, was abolished, but that, that's an issue for another day. But I'm just saying that by reducing the speed limit, you're not actually going to get people to reduce their speeds by the, from what you think they will. And it'll just increase the amount of times that Gardaí catch people speeding on the roads. And that's just going to turn into another revenue generator for the state. And that's not what we need. It, 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 it's not what we need from people. We, we need to trust people. We need to say to people, look, it's 120 kilometers an hour, an hour the speed limit. If we catch you speeding over that, then no motorist will have a complaint in that. But if it's 110 kilometers, if we're going to be bringing the speed limit down and not because of some road safety issue. Like, there's no doubt driving at 110 kilometers might be safer, but I don't think it's necessary. But like because of an environmental issue, they think that they're saying, oh, it'll reduce our emissions and that it'll make fuel economy more efficient. Well, if people want to make their journeys on their motorways more efficient as a, on a fuel economy point of view, then let them make the choice for themselves. Don't force that upon people. If the people in the Green Party think that the speed limits on their motorways should be slower and that it would, it'll benefit the environment, let them drive slower. Let them encourage people to drive slower, but don't force it upon people. The speed limit is not a target. It's a limit. You don't have to drive the speed limit, but the limit is the highest limit that you can go on that road. If people want to drive slower, let them. 
But don't force it upon people who are perfectly happy at driving at 120 kilometres an hour. I think that's completely unfair. And the Green Party don't have a mandate for that. Um, they, they never put it out before the election. Um, and now they, it's one of these ploys that they're coming in with where they're, they've, gotten, they've gotten the mandate to go into government now. And now they're releasing all these kind of sudden unpopular moves. Um, where they can actually achieve them in government, but they never told people about it before the election. It's completely unfair. If, they've had, if they had a mandate for it before the election, then fair enough. But they, what they need to remember is, is that they, they, their mandate only lasts five years. If in five years that they've decided that we're going to try and force through all these unpopular measures that don't actually achieve it, but they, they on the face of it, look good, then... They, they, they'll get their answer in five years' time. And they need to remember, and I'm not saying to know their place, but they also need to remember that they're one of three government parties. They Just because they want something doesn't mean they should automatically get it. And if something doesn't have a mandate and it's big, proving widespread, unpopular, very unpopular, then they need, really need to reconsider it. Like The people of Ireland have have stood up against unpopular and unjust measures in the past like the water charges the water charges didn't have a mandate either but the people of ireland stood up and said no we're not accepting this so i think it's time the people of ireland will also step up to the green party and say look we we think you have a place in government we we support you and we absolutely agree that the environment needs to be protected but we won't protect it at the at the expense of everyday living there's difficult decisions that need to be made but one of them is not reducing the speed limits on motorways it will be ineffective and won't achieve half as much as what they think it will it, it, it's completely ineffective we're, we're much better off at reducing the volume of cars on the roads and the cars that are on the roads to have sustainable electric cars of for the future that's much more achievable and much more realistic rather than this gimmick so if there's anybody from the Green Party out there listening, and I hope there is, because the Green Party have been asleep to the needs of Cork motorists and motorists in general for too long, so they could actually learn something by listening to this. Stop it. Just stop it. it there's no need for this. Get rid of it. You, you floated in an idea. People came out against it. It's not popular. People do not want it. So bin it. Put it, up, put it into the bin and let us say no more about it and move on to actually making serious initiatives that will combat the environment or that will combat climate change rather. So let's park that issue now and, and move on to another one. And the next one I have is regarding the locations for cycle lanes in the city. And we've seen today that the city council are, are going to release a plan with the Lord Mayor today um, or yesterday even, on Wednesday, of new routes for cycle lanes in the city. And I would have to question that. I'd be studying that fairly quickly or fairly intensely, that plan, just to see the locations of them and such. And I have, in the past, come out against the cycle lane on South Man, and with very good reason. Like, we're putting in cycle lanes by taking out car spaces in places where they're already at a premium anyway. Like, on, it, it's next to impossible to get a, a parking space in South Mall. You'd need to be there very early in the morning or just be very lucky. 
But what are we talking about now, reducing this, the, the amount of car spaces and so on? Do we want to make our city completely unfriendly to cars when people have no alternatives? And like, we haven't really kind of thought about this strategically as a city either when it comes to putting in cycle lanes. I'm not talking for one minute of taking up any cycle lane. The cycle lanes that are there, they should be respected and should be used and people shouldn't be abusing them, motorists abusing them, I mean. But we see far too often delivery vans, taxi drivers, cars and so on parking in a cycle lane for a brief period of time and it does happen for longer periods of time at some s- stages in the city but there were some city centre locations where you see delivery vans parked up with the hazard lights on or a taxi driver pulled in to waiting for someone who's after um, booking on my taxi or free now as it's called and that suggests to me that we haven't put a whole lot of thought into where the cycle lanes should be because if we're putting cycle lanes into places that are needed for business to function, to deliver goods, to pick up passengers and so on, then we're we're defeating the purpose because we're we're creating a cycle lane only for further problems to be encountered by people in terms of abusing cycle lanes and parking in them and not adhering to the traffic reg or parking regulations and that I'll be talking about the enforcement of those regulations in a second but we really need to be putting cycle lanes in places where we're not obstructing people others other people and I know that cars do obstruct other people in the city pedestrians and cyclists but we can't be changing that by reversing it we can't decide, okay, people have been obstructed for too long by cars in a certain place. Let's change it into a cycle lane or make the footpath wider. When all that's going to happen is that a delivery van is just going to park up on the footpath or park into the cycle lane and block it to begin with. So, like, we need to listen to the needs of business in the city as well. And it's something that I unfortunately have been made aware of that there's certain businesses out there and they're not going to name them because i i don't want to i don't want to do damage to anyone there's but there are businesses in the city who are afraid to make their opinions known on cycle lanes and where they should be put and objecting to certain locations for cycle lanes because they get attacked on social media and they get criticized and targeted on social media by some people who are advocating the need for cycle lanes and they're having their businesses threatened and um bad reviews online by people purely because they don't support a, a particular agenda we all support additional cycle lanes but it's where they should be put is the discussion we need to have and just because the cycle lane is mooted or proposed for a certain area doesn't automatically mean that it should go there or that everybody who's in favor of greater connectivity in our city should support it in that particular place so there's that issue that we need to have better discussions about where we put our cycle lanes. We need to put cycle lanes in places whereby it's convenient for cyclists, of course, but that it won't impede business and impede deliveries to businesses and where it won't encourage and where it won't encourage bad behavior in terms of parking in cycle lanes or parking on top of footpaths and so on. 
we can't encourage that. We need to be putting them in places. And I support segregation of bike of cycle lanes, to be honest, I do. I support them. And if we segregate the cycle lanes, that, that should um, deal with the majority of those issues. But we need segregated cycle lanes in places where they make sense. We can't be putting cycle lanes into a, a very busy street which has a high volume of deliveries throughout the morning or throughout the day. And like, let's not forget that loading bays are crucial to our city and that vans can only park in them for half an hour. You, you have to move on for half, after half an hour. And I never see any problem with enforcement of parking restrictions on South Mall. I work on the South Mall myself and there's traffic wardens on the South Mall almost every minute of the day. And the, you look up at the, at the city council information regarding um, parking fines. The vast majority of parking fines in Cork City happen on South Mall. And I think removing parking spaces from South Mall will just, it, it'll make a motorist's life in the city harder. It'll find it harder to find car spaces. And I think it, it's imbalanced and that it, the, that cycle lane that's proposed for South Mall could easily go on to George's Quay. On George's Quay and Sullivan's Quay, there was already, the 75% of it is complete. If we had another cycle, if we finished the cycle lane on George's Key, linking on to Sullivan's Key, that would solve that issue. And there are very good cycle lanes as well on Parnell Place. So the other side of South Mall is well covered by that. So I don't think there's any need for a cycle lane on South Mall. There's not. If we had a cycle lane on George's Key and on Union Key as well, linking up that the cycle lane would you'd come from if you wanted to get to the other side of South Mall, it wouldn't cost a cyclist that much time to do it, that you'd cycle across by the City Hall, you'd cycle down Union Key, you'd be down at the end of George's Key, you'd cycle up George's Key and you're at the other end of South Mall very quickly. But I think those suggestions, they'll fall on deaf ears uh, for some and I'll be criticised by some as being against cycle lanes and trying to preserve a privilege. But so be it, I'm, I'm prepared for that. I'm prepared for that. And again, I'm, I'm going to put out the invitation to anybody on social media or anybody listening, if you want to come on this podcast or if you want to debate me directly with regards to any of these issues, then just call out that and contact me. I'm at Cork Motorist on Facebook and Twitter um, and my direct messages are open on both. So message me and I'll be uh, very happy to engage with you um, on that. So that leads me to my next issue to come up as well, which is regarding Garda enforcement and council enforcement of traffic and parking regulations. Um, like I spoke the last day regarding uploading videos to social media and photos of certain instances of social media and how I'm against that. And I absolutely am. But seeing some of those videos and like, it's something I would have known anyway. Some people are very irresponsible on the road and don't take care to protect other road users. But if we're, if we're serious about addressing those issues, we need to be getting the Gardaí and the council involved. Like, we'll, we'll firstly deal with in unsafe passing out and um, passing close by to, to cyclists. 
like if people have them on their Garmin um cams on their helmets and if people clearly have the video of it and if they clearly have the registration number of the car send that to the guardy please send it to the guardy i have yet to hear of a case that's been sent to the guardy where the guardy have refused to prosecute where there's a genuine need for a prosecution or a genuine case to be made but i i think that that is something that should continue to happen and if there are unsafe places or unsafe um passing out then those need to be prosecuted um so i i don't really have much more to say about the guard enforcement bit but it's the council enforcement bit that i want to talk about a bit more like if we're going to be putting in four kilometers i I think i saw of new cycle lanes in the city then the council need to enforce it better they do the council need to enforce the protection of cycle lanes better but and it's something separately to to um to enforcement of parking regulations i think the city council's enforcement of other regulations needs to improve as well in terms of littering and so on i've seen that in another situation whereby they they don't really enforce littering no they will if if a litter warden sees it or a dog warden sees it but they they're they're not proactive in trying to catch them they they, they're not now they're probably under resourced but i think the city the city center when it comes to protection of cycle lanes and indeed that cycle lane um down by the train station the back of the train station we see that on social media a lot that and i've seen it myself walking past people parking in that cycle lane like there needs to be a traffic warden down there at key points of the day they should be down there in the morning they should be down there in the afternoon and catch people in the act give them a parking ticket and publicize the fact that they've done it on social media so as to discourage people from parking there and i'm not saying post people's license plate numbers on social media in fact i'm saying not to i just disagree with that but that's something we've already gone through um but post the fact that and highlight the fact um and promote the fact that they've they're enforcing it in areas and in hot spot areas where um they're it's known that people don't adhere to those restrictions or the regulations and catch people and finding people and giving them parking tickets is the only way to stop them doing it. Um, and I think as well, they, they need to probably protect a few more of the, of those cycle lanes. So I think as well for any motorists out there who listen to this, if you do engage in parking in the cycle lane, stop just stop it's not fair to cyclists and it it doesn't do the image of motorists any good we're playing into people's hands by doing it we're giving people a reason to criticize us and we're aiding their put a belief that there should be less cars in the city if we park where we're supposed to park then that won't won't be thrown against motorists when it comes to calling for um less cars in the city so you're not doing motorists any favors there so stop stop we need to share the space better and we need to we need to respect spaces that don't belong to motorists we need to use the spaces that we have while we have them because they're going to come under pressure soon and trust me i'll fight for motorist rights on that one 
but the spaces that we're not entitled to use, we shouldn't be using. And that that's that needs to be called out as well. And we need to be honest with ourselves and say that, look, it's not fair what we're doing here and what people are doing. So let's stop that now. Let's stop that now. And the last one, the last topic I want to discuss on this episode is regarding road rage. And I'll be honest, I'm going to hold my hands up. Not that you can see me holding my hands up, but I'll hold my hands up here. Sometimes it does happen to me. It does. But... What I don't do is act in an aggressive driving manner to other motorists. I don't pass close by on cyclists. I don't drive two inches behind the person in front of me to try and bully them off the road. I don't do that. I don't. Um, so I think road rage is a big issue. Like We saw some instance of road rage that was before the courts last week or the week before where some guy attacked or threatened a cyclist with an axe that's not on we can't be threatening other road users like road rage is all too common among some people and it really it, it's intimidating it's bullying and it should stop it doesn't put it doesn't give anybody a good impression of motorists and like it's i think sometimes it's easy to say oh drivers of a particular brand of car they're more inclined to engage in road rage but that's not something i'm going to speculate on but it it's not it's not a good sign for our city and i i'll share with you a, a story of something that i was actually responsible for a couple of years ago and it doesn't reflect well on me, but I want I want to be open and honest here and show how road rage can make us think. We don't think actually it can make us completely illogical and it can make us become people that we're not. So firstly, basically what happened, it was a very hot summer's day on Parnell Place um, probably about three or four years ago now. I think it's more than three years ago because it, it was a, I had a different car at the time. And I had the windows put down because I didn't have aircon. And the fella in front of me on Parnell Place, we were turning left onto Merchant's Quay. And he was straddling between two lanes and he cut in front of me. He didn't mean to. And he, he, I think he was actually, he wasn't an elderly man, but he wasn't a young man either. I'd say he was probably in his late 60s. So... What happened was, is that he cut in front of me, I nearly hit him, I slammed on the brakes, I didn't hit him. He didn't mean to do it, it was just that he, he probably wasn't familiar with the area. And I slammed on the brakes, I had my window down as I said, and I planted my hand on the horn, I, I, I would say for about 10 seconds. And once I left my hand off the horn, I shouted, you're in the wrong effing lane. But his window was down as well. And... He cut out and I correct, not corrected myself, but I caught myself quickly and realized that what I was after doing was 10 times and 100 times more wrong than what he was after doing. And I had gotten angry to a completely disproportionate extent to what had actually happened. And he put his hands up to apologize and... I then had to put my hands up as well because I said, I'm sorry. And I shouldn't have done that. And it's something I've thought back on 
a couple of times with guilt because I remember after that happened, he continued going and left him in in front of me and he turned the corner onto Merchant's Key and he cut out again and I just put my hands up just to leave him in in front of me and I said, I'm sorry. And he drove on and I drove on and we both went about our day. I think I frightened him. I hope, genuinely hope I didn't, but I think I did. But the guilt I had myself was awful. And it's something that stuck with me. And any time now I'm on the road and I feel like I'm getting that angry, I try to catch myself. I don't always do it. I'm not perfect. I don't always catch myself. But I haven't had any incidents like that since. But the reason I tell you that story is I want to be open and honest with you. And I, I don't want to be pontificating here and making it like that. I'm holier than thou. But it just goes to show that our behaviour on the roads can severely impact other people. And by reacting like that, I scared that man. I did. I scared that man. And I made myself into someone I'm not. And I'm just saying to people, have more respect for people on the road. Don't don't go on the attack. Even if someone has cut in in front of you or something like that, don't go on the attack. And be more respectful and mindful of others, their space on the road as well. Because everybody on the road is entitled to the space they occupy and you shouldn't invade it. And I mean that as well in terms of cutting off people or endangering people by passing out in a very short space of time um, and things like that. Don't do it. You might save yourself five minutes, but you're you're endangering other people on the road. And I mean that to cyclists as well, that don't be passing them out in, in a dangerous manner. Pass them out at a safe distance. The road safety authorities say that it's two metres. So use the two metres. It's not at most two metres or two metres if you have it. If you don't have two metres, don't pass someone out. Just don't. It, you, you don't have the right to do it in that case. But I think ro- road rage also can take over people who are not driving a car. Road rage can also be evident in cyclists. Now, might not be called road rage in that case, or pedestrians. And that's not to be condoned or defended either. So I think we just need to all be more respectful and mindful of each other on the road. Um, and I think that's probably a good way to wrap up tonight or this morning. Um, just be more respectful for people um, in person, in the car, online, on social media, whenever you meet someone. Be more respectful. Treat them with respect. Don't treat them as if they're the enemy because in more more often than not, they're not your enemy. They'll be your friend. They'll be someone who's just like you, who's trying to go about their day in a way and not be hassled, which is the best word I can think of, not be hassled. So let's just treat each other in a kinder, more gentle and more respectful manner and let's improve everybody. Let's improve our behaviour on the roads and in our city. So I'm going to leave it there for today. Um, we've gone on for half an hour. This comes to the end of this episode. So just to play us out, we have Ghost Town by The Specials. Talk to you again soon. Thank you.